0: Hi everyone, and welcome to the Big Friday Show. It's the show that dares to say to his wife on Valentine's Day, here's your card, love, I'm off to do a pod. <laughs> <laughs> and can you be a bit quiet when you get your bag for work in case the mic picks it up? True story. I'm such a romantic. Joining me today are two absolute sweethearts in the shape of Asan and Howard. How are you today, Asan?
1: Uh I'm great, mate. That was a top intro. <laughs> sure.
0: And how about my little cherub, Howard?
1: Would... Oh,
0: blushing, eh? <laughs> Ipex, yeah. Yeah? A blushing cherub.
1: <laughs>
0: We've
2: described as that before.
0: <laughs> um, we're going to go straight into it because there's a lot to discuss. And the big news story of the week, if it is indeed a big news story, is the possibility of Jaden Sancho joining the Premier League, or rejoining the Premier League, I should say, uh, this summer. Uh, I'm a such sceptical... As regards to the amount of coverage the story's getting, I believe that there's a vacuum post-January transfer window for journalists to fill, uh, and also I think it's pertinent that it's the mid-season break, and so it's a slow news week. So they're kind of pushing that. However, there is some legitimacy to the story uh, that's clear from kind of reading between the lines, and there's a possibility that Sancho could be returning to Manchester. Whether that is at, at the Etihad or Old Trafford remains to be seen. Steve Tallon on Twitter asked if City are, hmm, how, how do I put this? Kind of, uh, kind of shy away from competition when it comes to uh, transfers. Uh, if there's other clubs involved, City tend to kind of step aside. They don't want to get involved in bidding wars. Um, is this how big clubs should act? Uh, is is it a wise kind of strategy, or is it a cowardly strategy? Uh, Asan.
1: Wow, there's a lot to unpack there, mate. Sorry, yes, Um, there is. uh, So, like I I think that Steve Tallon's question is an interesting one um, because I think that we do have to, to a greater or a lesser extent, um, accept the way that the owners run the club and... Although a lot of people won't like it, the reality is that the owners are very conscious of how very conscious of how the club is perceived, particularly in terms of their spending in the transfer market. Um, and they tend to go out of their way to avoid headline grabbing transfers. Um, particularly since Beguerastein and, and Soriano have come in, that's become basically the go-to way of operating so although I although I understand why supporters feel that with the resources that we have that we should be more competitive in the transfer market but equally I'm sort of okay with Khaldun, Mansour everybody running the club however they want because I don't look at our squad and go, oh my God, that's a terrible squad. I don't look at, you know, the players that we get linked with or the players that we sign and go, there's a club that isn't very ambitious or there's a club that isn't interested in, in winning big trophies. So, yeah, I don't really have a problem with how they do things. And I accept and I'm okay with the idea that probably City will never be a club that will go after headline grabbing transfers in the way that Sancho will be a headline grabbing transfer or Hazard was two years ago or Neymar mm. would be or yeah, Mbappe. Uh, almost even Mbappe. I mean, you know, I, I almost feel that Mbappe himself has reached a level where I don't know if City would do it now because again, you know, they are very conscious of loads of things that we don't think about. And one of them is just the dressing room and how much they pay people. And they've got a hierarchy and they've got a wage structure that they like and they don't, they won't break it for anybody. Well, I say anybody, I suspect for Lionel Messi that break it, but that's yes. about it. That's it. Like, you know, there's no way that city are going to bring Mbappe in this summer on nearly a million euros a week, right? When, Kevin De Bruyne is paid three hundred thousand euros a week. You see what I'm. You see what I'm driving yeah, at yeah. here. It's just. Yeah. It's not. There's, there's. I understand the frustration. I understand why it can feel counterintuitive for a club that wants to be perceived as a big club, wants to win the biggest trophies. I Understand why it feels counterintuitive for those clubs to that club to not go after the biggest players. But it's worked. I mean, in the main. In the last decade, I feel we've won enough titles, Premier League titles, we've won enough trophies in general to suggest that whatever their way of dealing with transfers is, it works. Well, taking that on board and kind of accepting that, and I think there's a good deal of
0: truth in that, um, Howard, should there ever be exceptions to the rule though?
2: Uh, And And is Sancho one of them? It's so it's such a fine line. And I agree with what Aysen said. You can't really look at our past transfer uh, business and say it's been a failure and it's not worked, that tactic. Yeah. And bizarrely, we've managed to dodge a few bullets by having a set value. It's not. It's a good question that, sorry, was it? Uh, Steve Tallon. Steve, Steve Tallon asked... I won't quite say it's running away as soon as there's competition. I'd say City saying, "Look, this is the value, and we're not prepared to go past it," which is a fair thing to do because whilst we spend a lot of money, it will still go a lot further if we don't get ripped off. And City, have, I think from about two thousand and ten, wanted to portray an image that they're not this team; they're not the team United are now. They're not the, the club that will just pay what you yeah, know, will just bend over backwards. Yeah. Because City were that I mean, it was so easy for a selling club to just say, Look, we want eighty million for this player and we yeah. know you're loaded. So you're gonna pay it if you want this player and City had to really make a stand and say, No, we're not gonna be run like that anymore. We know what the value is, what we're prepared to pay, and we'll walk away if so and I fully support that. I just get a feeling that we've talked in the past this season that it's opened the eyes. City, there's been, I think Sam's written about it, that there's the feeling with the, all these investigations that City didn't want to be seen to be splashing the cash. City have bought one big player a season. Cancelo came in, but it was a partial swap uh, for Danilo. There is money in the. There's, there's credit there. There's money in the bank now. And I think the, the way the league's gone this season, the club... I think it's been an eye-opener that City have to go hard this summer, and I think most fans agree that. Mm. I think for the right players, they, do, they have to slightly change just, that attitude, yeah. I think, because they're, we need... If they decide whoever is the replacement for Aguero, they should be very you know single-minded and ruthless in getting that player because it's for the good of the club. But I can't say that it's been a problem for me in the past. As for should they break it, yes, for the very, as Asan said, for very few select players that they know yeah. will take this club onto the next level or will be perfect for the club. But as I think Asan said on Twitter, it's a good tactic in a way to say to get players that want to play for you because it's not just about skill on the field; it's about mentality and desire and you know you're getting players that really want to play for the club and that means a lot when it comes to you know just uh, the harmony and the atmosphere around the camp so mm, i think i think that i think there will be set players and my feeling is i'm not convinced sancho yet is the real deal though he couldn't have done any better i would be very happy to get him in and but where do you draw the line? If there's a bidding war, I can't really answer the question of where we'll we will get money in for Sane, let's say. I would I would be quite ruthless if Sancho was prepared to come to us here. Okay. Exam what were you gonna say? Um I was just gonna say I I
1: don't think it's an exact science. I think the Leroy Sane uh, uh, situation shows that you, you can sign a player with the right mentality who really wants to come to you and two years later or 18 months later he's like, I don't want to be here anymore. That's life. But I think that what by having a um by having a real strong almost personality test, yeah, when you're approaching players and by making calls based on maybe characteristics that are not to do with how the player performs on the football pitch. I think in the long term, you end up with more stability at a football club. I think that our success in the last decade is built on stability. It's built on the stability of the spine of players that we bought 10, 11 years ago. And that stability came from having a collection of players who were not rock stars, who were not, you know, for want of a better word, guys who had individual ambitions to individually go and play for Real Madrid and individually win the Ballon d'Or and all that sort of stuff yeah weren't those sorts of guys they were guys who had a collective mentality wanted to win trophies as part of a team Um, and I think that having that line is not a bad thing because I think if you don't have that line then you know you don't have I, I don't think that I'm just trying to think. Like, I don't want to hang another player out to dry, but there's a lot of forwards we could have signed when we signed Sergio Aguero, who were maybe even more high-profile than Kuhn at the time, but who were never going to stick around for a decade. Um, Van Percy. Exactly. And I think that the same can apply across all the different positions on the pitch. Maybe we haven't gone for the rock stars, but it's worked out all right. It's like I put on Twitter the other day. Like, we... The, the the reactions to us not signing or potentially not signing Sancho remind me a lot of us not signing Pogba and people saying, we need a Torre replacement. We're going to live to regret this. It, you know. Really, I remember people going, history's not going to be kind to Begaristein over this. This was really stupid. How can they let United steal a march on us? We can afford the player, blah, blah, blah. That worked out all right. We signed Gundo for 15, 20 million, and I'm sorry, but even with nearly 18 months on the uh, on the sideline through injuries, I think that we got way better player and way better value for money. So I just feel that there's enough credit in the bank at the club for me, for the moment, for me to be okay. Even if, because, you know, the one thing that nobody's asked me, I don't think this week is, what do you think about Sancho? What would you do? And honestly, I'd do it. Like, I, I, I think that regardless of Leroy Sané, Jaden Sancho's English and he's 20, 21 years old. He's clearly a generational talent. I think you've got to swallow your pride, pay the dough and bring him back to City. Because the alternative is he goes to a rival. A rival gets strengthened for a decade. And every time he scores and every time mm. he plays well against City, the narrative will be about how City let a player go so cheap, who's turned out to be a generational talent. Now, I understand. I know what the club's thinking is. Certainly, at the moment, the club are very clearly putting it out there that they're just not comfortable in going back and paying 10 times what they sold a player for 18 months, two years later. It's a perception thing as much as it is anything else. Now, fair enough. As I say, the owners can... The, the board are, are welcome to, to... I think they've earned the right to make whatever calls they want to
2: make in terms of finances and transfers, but my opinion, I'd do it. Yeah, and you, you can switch the perception. I understand that perception entirely. But you switch the perception by saying, well, we sell Sane, we get him in. There's a difference, I don't know, let's just say 15 million. It doesn't really matter what happened two years ago for a play that we took off another club. You know, he yeah. was a Watford player, and he was you know, and that's how it goes. And they've got to stop worrying about perception. If Jaden Sancho is the best option for City to take them forward, then they need to forget about what, yeah, you know, a journalist thinks or a fan account thinks or anything like that. I it's don't. Di- think it that. is difficult bringing back. I do find the whole thing of him coming back is summer a very strange story. To be honest, it's got. The United League's got Neil Ashton all over it. And I just wonder why he would want to. But some players will do make moves like this. So it's, it's a very strange story. I'm not fully convinced that he is going to leave in the summer. Uh, but it seems to be gathering traction all the time.
1: I think both him and Dortmund would like uh, a, a record-breaking transfer this summer. Um, my... Understanding from all of the journalists that I've spoken to is nobody's even prepared to put their hand up and say who's talking, which suggests to me that this is very much agent-driven. Because... Yeah, yeah. Always. Yeah. No, but I think what Steve said at the very top is bang on, that it's February, right? And it's a very slow... Two weeks of news and the Sancho stories are almost, they're almost too good. Like they lack credibility because they almost don't make sense. It's almost like somebody's trying to paint a picture that there is only one possible destination for Jaden Sancho this summer in England. And I think that that's a little bit not the vibe that I get from the people that I've spoken to who would know his agent, who would know the kind of the way that he operates. The general feeling is that Sancho isn't going to say, I want to go to Man United. I want to go to Chelsea. I want to go to Liverpool. I want to go to Man City. Sancho's agent is going to say, everybody make an offer and the offer we like the best we're going to take. So I just think that there's a, uh, a long way to go, even before we can really have an idea of where he's going to end up. And there is an awful lot of games being played right now. Having said all that, it's not a game from City's point of view. I'm 99.99% certain that even if nobody else bids for Jaden Sancho, this Summer City won't bid for him. I don't think City are going to end up with Jadon
0: Sancho this summer at all. And and the reason that I say that is we've discussed the kind of strategy of City's tra- uh, transfer um, work over the last few years, but there's also a cultural aspect to it as well. Yep. I mean, time and time and time again, the very few kind of sources I've got at the club um, will reveal to me when we missed out on a player or supposedly missed out on a player, it's the club just backed away. And the reason we've backed away uh which hasn't been discussed is the owners put a huge amount in faith, in civility, in courtesy, in manners, in doing the right thing. So if a player, for example, um and you know, there are numerous examples of this happening, if a player says to the club, Yes, I want to come to Manchester City, and you know, this is the ballpark figure, now, you know, sorted out with the agent, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera, and then suddenly it's, Oh, uh, hang on, Chelsea have offered me this much Cities simply walk away they, they that is not how they do it business it's you know from a cultural aspect that is not how the owners do business they've uh, you know an individual has given their word and then they've gone back on their word essentially or you know kind of changed it so um that that's a that's a key aspect for me um, and
2: that sounds like Jorginho scenario yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, and even Hazard as well. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think of someone else. There's, there's at least two or three others where, you know, I've got in touch with people and said, well, what the hell's happened here? Has, you know, City been outbid? Kind of, what, what happened? And then every time I have to be answer, it's basically, and there's been times where the club has been disgusted at an agent or disgusted at a player. You know, it's not part of their cultural makeup to do that. If you give a word to someone, you fulfill that work, that obligation. Um, and so, yeah, that, that's a key aspect for me too. And, and for that reason, I can't see Jaden Sancho coming to City because there is so much interest, also reportedly, from the clubs, one of which is Man United, who will, you know, just chuck money at the wall and hope that it sticks. Um, and so, if that's the case, let's say that Sancho says, Yeah, I am quite interested in coming back to City uh, and suddenly United offer so much, then. And, and you know, if, if a player's head is turned at that, it's not going to happen.
1: Mm, I think the only. So I'm going to ask you both a question. Um, do you think that that's a bit naive and idealistic in its... Um...
0: Almost certainly, but it's, it's entrenched in a cultural kind of, uh, you know, that's how we do things. So that's how we do their business right across the board, or so I hear anyway. That, that's, you know, not just yeah. in football, of course, because it's, it's, we have many other interests, and that's how we do business. So... I mean, who are we to say? I mean, you look at kind of other other cultures around the world as well who have similar kind of ideals. Is it idealistic or
2: is it how it should be done, really? Yeah, I'm, I have vague memories that Hazard was, you know, I don't know, we might have gone to Chelsea anyway, but there was like £6 million worth of agent fees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. are thinking, well, where where do you draw the line? It's all highly subjective. You've got to have rules, I guess. You've got principles as well as rules, absolutely. Yeah. But if they paid that six million they might have got hazard and obviously it would have been worth way, way more if he'd left down the line, or just worth more to the team anyway. But what if it's ten million, what if it was fifteen million, at some point you've got to draw the line. Yeah. It's it's a hard one. It's a hard one. I can only I'm only thinking right in the moment, I want the shackles to be off this summer. And if City have got three specific targets in mind, they should go for them and be ruthless. But don't you think and that... still give, like, they can give off an air of saying, no, we're not paying any money, but, mm. but just give a bit of leeway? That's just my moment in time feeling about mm. how City should approach this summer, rather than criticising how they've been in the past. But that's
0: been a problem in the past, though. I mean, look at Maguire, for example. City, what in Maguire? Right, he's our man. That's a guy we're going to go through. Oh, Manchester United are interested in him. Um, Leicester aren't budging on the price we back away, oh, where's plan B? There is no plan B. So, yeah. although I agree with you, I would completely, I, I want us to kind of identify, and we will, of course, identify three, four targets this summer and just go all out for them. Please, City, please have a backup plan. Backup, yeah.
2: Just yeah. you put your eggs in one basket and then you don't get them. They yeah. just say, well, no, we're happy with the squad as it is. But they're not really, are they? So. No. I don't
1: think that those signings were... Um, Structural as, as Guardiola or as coach, coaching staff would stay and say. And that's why we ended up walking away. I think that this summer is slightly different in that my understanding is that Guardiola wants what he considers to be two or three structural players. So what that means is that whoever they identify, they'll get, they'll land a play or maybe I should rephrase that. Whatever positions they identify, they're going to bring in a player in those positions who's ready to go, yeah? So it's going to be a player who Guardiola goes, I want him because I'm going to play him. Um, So again, I don't think that you can... I think that actually the best example for what may happen this summer is Guardiola's first two summers where he was building the team as opposed to what went on in the subsequent two summers where it's basically been one in, one out or a couple in and a couple out. I think that this summer will be more um surgical I guess is the best way for me yeah to, that's a good word to, yeah, yeah. to describe it and I, I, honestly I, I I'm I'm quite I can be quite reactive and football fan do you know what I mean so I can be quite reactive um and I will have moments where where I, I won't like the way they're doing something but I always kind of come back to this idea that Somebody said to me a few years ago that as noisy as it is um, publicly, it's never that noisy behind the scenes. That, you know, at City, they have a very clear uh, path for transfers and transfer windows, and they rarely panic, and they rarely feel pressure because they are always well-prepared. And Pep and Begerstein, Khaldun... Between them, they're always on the same page. So I think that if that really is the case, I'll be all right with whatever they do in the end. Well, I mean, I'm
0: on board with that, but I could also hear a thousand listeners right now saying, "Okay, well, what about getting the centre back in last summer? You know, what happened to those well laid plans? Um, You know, by a a, a team of incredibly intelligent." Um, and shrewd individuals who knew what they needed.
1: I've got a didn't. theory, and you okay. won't like it, right? Okay. I, I've got a theory that I've posited once before. City were never going to sign Harry Maguire last summer. City knew so, that Harry Maguire was a player that was going to end up costing a stupid amount of money and would need a stupid contract. And I think City just drove the price up for United. I think City just went, yeah, all right, we like him. We, we need a centre-back. Yeah, all right. They, I'm sure they had. Well, I know they had conversations with Leicester, but they never we made did, a bid, yeah, yeah. right? Because obviously Leicester were like, "We want 80 million. And we're not going to budge on that." And City were like, "Yeah, well, we'll think about it." And the fact that with, I just, I don't see it because I don't think that, I, I don't think that City are the type of club in the end. If they really want a player, where they're gonna go, we'll give you seventy, but we'll never give you eighty. That's not how they roll. They always find no, a, no, they absolutely. always find a compromise. You look at you look at every. If you go back to Guardiola's first two summers and the players who Pep decided he wanted, right? Those players all came in. Kyle Walker, the deal got done. Mendy, the deal got done. You see what I mean? Like it didn't matter what the. In the end, the decision was made. That's the player that Pep wants. They negotiated. There was plenty of stories of City aren't going to pay this much. Monaco aren't budging on the fee. All that kind of stuff. It didn't matter in the end. City paid the dough and the player came. So I think that there's a... I think that particularly the the Harry Maguire thing, I think they already knew they weren't going to get an offer for Otamendi. I think they knew they weren't going to sell Otamendi. I think they knew that they were just going to go another season with Otamendi, Stones, Fernandinho and Laporte. That was going to be the vibe. So... I don't think Maguire was ever really on.
0: Certainly, the interest in Maguire ended far sooner than what the media would have as mm. you know, believe at the time. But then again, that's in their interest in it? media. You can't blame them, really. But, you know, they were getting a lot of coverage from that, a lot of kind of hits from that. So, and it it it's in their best interest to pit City against United. But you know, for for a whole month, there was no substance to it whatsoever. It was solely about United kind of not wholly believing that Leicester were going to be so trenchant. Um, and then when they finally realized that, you know, reluctantly stumping up the full cash. So um, City weren't involved at that
1: point at all. Yeah, I know. And I think, you know, from, from what I understand, City have a really good relationship with Leicester. Like, mm. you know, a really good relationship, like you know. This, the Bagaristan's got a decent relationship with the with the powers that be over there, so you know they will have known. I, I just, I, I, genuinely, genuinely believe that uh, it is absolutely not beyond the realms of possibility that Khaldun and Soriano and Bagaristan at times don't mind city being linked with a player that a rival is being linked with because. It's politics, man. It's like the, you know, when you think actually, I, I, I think that what crystallized it for me that we're in an arms race is when Khaldun, Khaldun did that end of season interviews yes. where yeah, they said yeah. you know when people talk we hear about it that kind of stuff The, you know we know that there are clubs other clubs are rivals briefing against us all that sort of stuff it really crystallized for me this idea that you know this is an arms race and there is a lot of politics involved and yeah I mean see you know the Sancho thing after everything that I've said it wouldn't shock me right if privately They have every intention of bringing him back, but they're just not going to say anything publicly. They're going to brief they're not interested because they absolutely do not want Dortmund trying to create a bidding war. And they're going to sit quietly and let Chelsea sign another player, let Sancho reject Man United come the summer and go, well, I'm not going to go and play in the Europa League and basically go back to Dortmund in a moment where... Let's do a deal now. There isn't four clubs that are going to come and oh, bid for it. I,
0: I hope that's not the case, though, mate. I mean, God, if that is the case, that's a risky kind of manoeuvre and, and it could go right down to the wire and then we could end up without a winger next season. And, you know, we have to not think that
1: No, nah, I, th- I don't think that you're... I, I think that you're misunderstanding what I'm saying if you think this is about going down to the wire. Big transfers like this basically agents and clubs shake hands may june right by mid-june you know generally you know who you're going for and you know how committed that player is to coming to you and similarly from Dortmund's point of view they'll have an idea come the end of the season who uh Sancho's suitors are going to be and also where he's interested in going um And this is what I mean, there's just, in February, there's a lot of noise, there's a lot of speculation, there's a lot of back and forth, um, and things can change. And things probably will change between now and April, May, June, both from an incoming point of view for City and also from an outgoing point of view. Hell, for all we know, Leroy Sane might get fit, win the European Cup with City, and then decide that he loves Guardiola Hmm. and he wants to sign a new deal. And then we don't need a winger, so... There's just yeah. there's there's a, there's a there's a lot of it's still pretty fluid and everybody feels like we're desperate for a winger because they feel like Leroy's gone but he's not gone he's just injured. Yeah, he's yeah.
0: but he's going. <laughs> right, I'm going rogue lads because this is a perfect segue into um a section we're going to have a little bit later on in the pod but I'm going to move it forward now Ooh. because it just works so well. I mean talking about the ins and outs of this summer um with this being a mid season break um now is perhaps a really good time to assess the players individually so far um and kind of grade them and see kind of you know how they've done to this point um so how this is gonna work is I'm not gonna get involved I might chuck in a grade or two uh, and when I coward. say <laughs> <laughs> some of my grades are harsh right honestly um but when I say grades obviously you know what i mean b plus c c minus et cetera um what's gonna happen is I'm gonna name a player. You're each gonna give a sentence each, and followed by a grade. Um, and then we'll kind of go through the squad. Uh, there's a couple of omissions, you know, Bravo, for example, or and even Foden, unfortunately, because just game time. And um, so we're gonna start with Edison. I'm gonna start with Asan.
1: What am I doing here? Do I need to give him a grade <laughs> out of 10?
0: Uh, No, like a, a B plus or a C minus. Um, oh, oh as just, a side uh no no just uh, concentrating on this season yeah. uh and, and just a sentence on how how he's done
1: this season particularly maybe in b, com- you know b, comparison b, to Pee- b, b b b b edison gets a b um mine's b I, yeah. I think there's been uh the the in front of him there's been a bit of instability and i think that that's led to a little bit of instability in his game or maybe his decision making has always been a
2: bit rash but either way he gets a b for this season Okay, Howard? Yeah, B for me. A uh, oh, couple okay. of rash coming out of goals. We don't really get to judge what... He's not proven himself yet in a way as a brilliant shot stopper. Yeah. But a lot of that's because he's not... Had, <laughs> yeah, certainly previous seasons Anyways, not had a lot of shots to stop. Uh, but it's not been a perfect season for him. But as Asan said, it's not just about the keeper, it's about what's in front of you.
0: Has, um, Has his distribution dipped, do you think? Is it less effective than it used to be? As other teams, maybe less runners. Kind of,
1: yeah, I think it's less runners. I think that in general, uh, our capacity to turn teams round really fast, um, the way we did two seasons ago, it's not quite been there this season. Um, mm. I think there's a lot of reasons for that, but that will be my vibe on that one.
0: Okay, uh, Kyle Walker. Um, we'll start you with Asan if that's okay. How would uh, Asan? I'm going to give Walker a D. What? Yes. He's been arguably our, well, our second best defender this season. What is that
1: saying? How, <laughs> what, how is that even a compliment right now? Um, yeah, no. Kyle, okay. Walker, Kyle Walker gets a D from me. I'm going to give all of the defenders a D um, to be perfect. you Frank. No. Fern going to get okay. an A-plus, but for different yeah, reasons. Um, yeah, okay. But no, so why am I giving Walker a D? Okay, so for me, Walker's regressed. For me, Kyle it has been this season the definition of hot and cold. And Hot and cold in a similar fashion to the way the entire defense has been. My issue with that is Kyle Walker approaching 30, if he's not already 30, as experienced as he is, should be the consistent stability in an unstable back four. The whole point in having experienced lads like that. Is you know when everything's going a bit blare, this guy goes well. Relax, guys. I'm experienced and I know what I'm doing. Uh, and his lack of composure at times this season has made me want to throw things. So okay. that's my car. Good answer, uh, um, Howard.
2: Yeah, that's that's bollocks. <laughs> 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 don't know. How, I don't know how you were graded at school, but D is if you could just about write your name and then just do joke answers to all the questions. No, uh, he has been hot and cold. The, the, the defence has not been perfect, but it's a B for me, because he's still been... So He's not been perfect, I agree. Uh, but, you know, that still leaves a B plus, an A minus, and an A. So he's only on the fourth level anyway with a B. Uh, he has generally been good, and he does frustrate me sometimes, and he's not perfect, but I think he's, he's putting a, enough... Even A hot and cold would... would it's more hot than cold for me, uh, and it's a beef for me. Yeah, it's it's a beef
0: for me. I, I think he's exactly improved. I mean, you, see, you say he's regressed. I think it, the opposite applies. But it's all about opinions. There's no right or wrong answers here. And scrap
2: <laughs> fight. <laughs>
0: yeah, well, I mean, I get a bit contentious further down the line. I have to say, as we
1: go into the squad, but uh, Cancelo, Asan. Hey, uh, wow, it's hard because I don't think that he's played enough to really. Give him a grade. I don't mm. think he's been into... He inter- inter- borderline,
0: yeah, to be fair. So, do, so you, for you, me,
1: do. I'll give him a B. Okay. I preferred him to Walker when he's played every time. So if anybody's uh, wondering why Kyle gets a D and uh, Cancelo gets a B, that's why, because I think that for all of Walker's defensive qualities... Um, he makes too many individual mistakes and he doesn't offer enough in the final third, whereas Cancelo, quite the opposite for me, offers tons in the final third and probably makes, I don't want to say less mistakes than Walker, but not more mistakes than Walker, for sure.
2: Okay, Howard? Uh, C, but for the same reason as son really, that he's done all right, but he's not played enough. So it's a C, but it's not really his fault. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, hasn't had, he couldn't have got an A, so he had played enough to get an A or, or B, so I'll I'll just give him a C for occasional play. I'll go for a B
0: because I've seen some bright moments, more so going forwards and backwards, but you've got Good. to obviously include the fact that he's acclimatized into a new to a new league. So I think he, in that regard he's done quite well. Um Mandy huh. ASAM
2: Get your D out, ASAP <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'm gonna give uh I'm gonna give Otamendi an F because he's been at the wow. scene he's been at the scene of every crime this season. Yeah. Performance wise, yeah. like just he's been at the scene of every single crime. And you can't be at the scene of every single crime without getting an F.
0: Fair enough. I mean, for me personally, I would say an F is Jesse Lingard territory.
1: But uh... <laughs> Yo, if we're, listen, we're not a Europa League side trying to compete to get into yeah. fourth lap. Do you know what I mean? We've Fair got point. the most, arguably one of the most expensive and talented squads in the history of football. Like, we have very, very, very high standards. We are 20-something points off the top of the Premier League and if you want to go game by game and look at where those points were dropped I defy you to show me that Otamendi isn't at 80% of the scene of those goals
0: yeah yeah well I'm hardly going to disagree it's it's been a disaster frankly this season all in the main Um,
2: Howard? yeah well it's, it's how do you grade someone who plays quite well for 88 minutes and then literally falls mm. on his ass and the yeah. opposition score. It's a nine minute so, game. Yeah, I'm not going to argue against everything Aysan said is fine, but I my grading's a bit more generous, so it's a C minus from me. Okay. I'm going to go for a D minus.
0: Um, yeah, he's he's been poor, hasn't he? He's been kind of. He hasn't instilled a lot of favour, let's put it that way. Uh, Fernandinho. A
1: a-plus, okay, why so? No, oh, just, I mean, you know, different position, day four years old, been our most consistent player, maybe, yeah. even, if not our, certainly our most consistent defender, model professional, just everything about him, do you know what I mean? It's just A-plus, exemplary, not been enough Fernandinos, not enough Fernandino mentalities in the squad this season.
0: Yeah, you just wish that you could just kind of steal time and just keep him like this forever. Mm. uh,
2: Howard, it's difficult. If I just saying a player, how's he played? it's a B plus for me. Yeah, but that doesn't take into the fact that it's a thirty four year old midfielder asked to play in defence. Yeah, which is unfair. But he's not been amazing in defence at all. He's done a job, and he's Fernandinho, and he's been yeah he's held that defence together at times, but he's been far from perfect. So I'm just being clinical on the job he's done as a footballer. As I a know. B plus, yeah. Which is unfair because he shouldn't be in that position. <laughs> so uh, so everything Ace and Sard was essentially correct, but it's a B plus if I'm just going on performances. He's well, just being contrary. Howard's just being doing? No, not contrary. at all. You cannot say that he's been putting in perfect defensive performances. Are you week. kidding? But, but I wouldn't expect, no, of course not. Everyone on Twitter will agree with me. But fact, <laughs> oh my goodness! Okay, Everyone on Twitter will agree with Fine. me. That's, that's, you can't expect if that's the barometer for being to.
1: right. I'm done with the world. Everyone on Twitter <laughs> will agree with me. Therefore, you're wrong. Jesus. <laughs> oh, oh, that's let's the best do thing it. you've ever said. The best thing you've ever said. Oh
0: right. let be, my, my by the way is a minus. I kind of fall between the, the two stools. Um, John Stones, exactly. I don't think you can grade him on this season. I don't think he's played enough. Okay, okay, Fair enough. Howard,
2: I'm going to be contrary. here. No, <laughs> I agree with Sam completely. I mean, it's a it's a D if you're going to. But I would say D's generous, frankly. But yeah, yeah I, I don't I, want I to I fail him.
1: Like I've, I've I've already failed Otamendi and everybody's got real upset. And I it, the only <laughs> alternative is to give Stones an F as well. Well,
0: if that's the case then, if it's kind of stones, can't really be graded fairly, I'm guessing the same applies for Mendy, or would you both like to have a go?
1: No, I'm going to... No, I think, you know, Mendy's been all right, you know. Mendy's getting... Yeah. Mendy's a, um, a work in progress three years later. He's still, huh. he's still a work in progress, but he is... A, it, the, the, there is some small amounts of progress, so... Um, I'm going to give Mendy a C. I'm going to give him a solid C. Uh, that's, that's a fair fair show. Yeah, uh,
2: Howard. Ah, uh, yeah, exactly what. I'm scared of going against A. Son. <laughs> You're just going to agree with everything. He says, right. Everything he says is I spot see. on. Well, uh, I, yeah, also no, I think to... he's done okay. But again, number of appearances can't really go above. Yeah, you know, he's not there yet. We still, again, he's picked up an injury. He needs to to get a higher grade. He needs to. Stay fit the rest of the season and keep progressing. So it's very hard to say. So down the middle of the road. Do you know how many appearances he's had this season? I don't offhand know. I think he's had a fair few. I I would guess about 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 10, isn't it? 15 15, or so. But yeah, I think C's fair.
0: Okay. Uh, Zinchenko, Asad.
2: I don't think
1: he's played enough either. Mm. No. Not for me. I, I'd, struggle to, I'd struggle to give him a grade, to be honest.
0: Well, before prior to the entry, though, um, I thought he he was really regressing. I thought he was poor. Uh, I would go C+,
2: plus personally. Okay. I would. Uh, a C again, because, again, not played enough. Started well, I think, as you said, a couple of shaky performances. So it's a real middle of the road, hard to really define. So I'll just go with a C. Okay, uh, we're getting into the midfield now with Rodri.
0: Exam. Hey, Ooh. Ooh, tricky one, isn't it? I struggled Ooh. with this.
1: Yeah. Controversial. Um, yeah, Rodri is B minus, stroke C plus. Ooh. Okay. Um, and I'll explain why, because I don't think that. <coughs> so he's got very different characteristics to Fernandinho so I think it was a it was always going to be impossible for him to just drop in and do exactly what Fernandinho did and there's no question that him adapting to the team with Laporte being injured led to a lot of instability particularly in October and November maybe even in December but at the same time I see what he offers I really like him I think that he will prove to be a top player. And I think that we've seen enough in his better performances to see that he's going to be a top player
2: for us. Fair enough. Yeah, that's fair. I would. Yeah, I may mirror that, but I'll give it a B because I think Fernandinho took a year to adjust to this side. That was before Pep's Pep's, system and how it took, look at his first season as a manager and how it took the players to to adapt. And Rodri started well. He's, he's still adjusting. Uh, but I'm happy to give him a B because um, to give him some leeway that first season under Pep in the new country trying to do that Fernandinho role is the hardest ask of all. Okay, perhaps. fair enough. Gundogan Sam.
1: Um, I'm going to give him a B.
0: Generous, I would say, but yeah, fair enough. Uh,
1: why so?
2: Yeah.
1: Um, Because he kind of falls into that bracket of, uh, I would consider top class players that we have who, you know, he might frustrate people when he plays as a number eight. He might frustrate people when he plays as a number six, but his quality is, is undoubted. And I don't, I, I, he's not a player who I feel this season has badly let us down. Bad enough. Okay, Howard.
2: Yeah, uh, pretty. Oh, well, I'm gonna to go to B minus, but again, i mirror that I just I'm not getting involved in the hate for Gundogan because I yeah, yeah. understand it. And some of it's systemic. You know, some of it's Pep maybe didn't set the team up, and it's not Gundogan's fault if he's in a position. He's hardly the only player who's been. A, on a pitch this season that struggled with the role that he's been asked to do. Uh, that's just the way it goes sometimes. Uh, he's a very cultured, you know. He's a full German international. He's a brilliant player, and we don't think we truly appreciate him. Maybe because he gets passed around the team too much, and he's a bit of a spare part. But I'm happy to give him. But a, a B minus for me. He's done a okay. B minus
0: for me too. And um, the Ginger Prince, hey, Azad,
2: hey. <clears> A. <throat>
0: Bang on! So I've gone for A. I was considered an A plus. He doesn't deserve an A plus. He, he, A minus nope. A- is too too weaker uh, grading yeah. given his his assists and etc. So yeah, A for me too. Uh, why Why did you go A?
1: Yeah, I just think that he's when he performs, we perform. When he's you know, it's, Kevin De Bruyne is the difference between winning games and losing games for me. Um, particularly when you look at like So De Bruyne gets an A because Bernardo Silva's had maybe his worst moment since he joined Manchester City. Um, we all agree that Gundo, as an A, is not really a creator in the way that KDB is a creator. David Silva is maybe one season too far this season. So it's been almost all on KDB. So, and, you know, even though we're 22 points off, I would argue, and I'd love to know what the stats are, but I imagine... He's at the scene of 99% of the games that we've won. The goals, the assists, the goal contributions. He's just... Again, Sterling's not having his best minute in the side either. The, Kevin De Bruyne is one of the few who stepped up. Okay, fair enough. Howard?
2: Yeah, I was going to go A- but I didn't realise there was an A+. plus. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll upgrade it to A. I, I think he's got double the assists of any other player in the Premier League, so said. he struggled occasionally but when he struggled it's generally everyone on the pitch struggled yeah so again I'm not sure it's down to him being off form rather than the shape of the team didn't work on that day and you can kind of tell when the shape doesn't work if Kevin De Bruyne's getting frustrated and shouting at other players and looking upset so it may not I don't think it reaches the peak of his season don't know what was his peak season? Was it two seasons ago? I'll lose track of time. But he's still just an essential, such an essential part of this team, doing well. So, yeah. Okay, maybe. I'm reluctant
0: to ask this now. David Silva. Hey, Sam.
1: I plead the fifth.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. That is your legal right. 100%. I would.
2: <laughs> oh. Let's see. Yes, he he's played some good games and he's played some bad games. So, a C. Yeah, I don't want. To say, I don't want to say anymore. <laughs> he'll still. He'll have his moment. He'll have his big moment. Yeah, City. it's coming.
0: I'm going to go C minus. Uh, no, I'm not really. I'm going to see. I was just being good. Um, Bernardo Silva, who actually I am going C minus, and that breaks my heart because I adore the lad. So, C minus going for Bernardo Silva. Hey, a Um.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'd pull. Yeah, C-minus is probably fair by his very high standards. Although I have to say that when a guy scores a goal like he scored against the Rags, Hmm. I just, I feel, I I don't know, like I think I might have to give him a C-plus just because I feel that if you score against the Rags, opening goal, big goal, just, just means a lot to me. And so it's hard to then... Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, you, you see what I'm driving oh, yeah, at. It's absolutely. like Benjani will always be a Man City legend for, <laughs> yeah. for, that, for that for that for that goal and that celebration at, at Old Trafford. So
0: it's cool. And Vinny Company's testimonial and the way he celebrated his goal there as
2: well. Yeah. <laughs> Howard Bernardo. Uh, yeah. Well, B minus for me. So it's not been that bad. But of course, we're judging against the stellar performances for last yeah. season. Okay. Uh, so. Phew. Been moved about, want to see him in the centre a bit. The tweet thing obviously threw him off, I think. So I'll I'll just go around the B minus section. Okay, we're moving into attack
0: now, and Raheem Sterling, Asan
1: Raz is getting a D. What Raz getting a D? How could you do that? Raz getting a D. You know why he's getting a D? Because he set the standard. Yeah, but he's, he's wow. also he's set, he set the a standard. standard this season as well as last season so you can't give him a d for this season i'm giving him a d for the season i'm giving him a d for okay. this season the standard the standard the the standard for the top players is very 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 which hard, he has set yeah? himself he's not for me he's not lived up to it this season for me his the the performances in the last two months pushing three, have bordered on unacceptable. Wow. I think that he he gets to play every game because of everything else that he does on the pitch. Because you, Sam Lee did a great piece on why, even when he's really poor, there's nobody that can do what Raz can do. So he stays on the pitch. But at the same time, Sterling is my guy, right? And four years ago, when everybody was saying, like, you know, he's, he's like... Theo Walcott, Mark II and stuff like that. I was going, no, he's going to be a world-class footballer and he's proven to be that. So the standards are that high. And when the standards are that high and you go eight weeks, maybe longer, with a serious dip in form, you're getting a D for that. Do you think uh, the
0: Joe Gomez incident has has something to do with it in a similar way to the tweet with Bernardo Silva? Because it can't be entirely coincidental that his form fell off a cliff shortly after that incident.
1: Mm, I just, I, I don't think that Raz, uh, I, I think that Sterling is was is at his best when he's in control of the narrative. Mm. And when he's not in control of the narrative, I think that the media can affect him negatively. Um, and I think that the Joe Gomez incident kind of, you know, cracked the window open just a touch for the media to... I've begun to see certain types of stories about Sterling reappearing um, post the Joe Gomez Mm -hmm. thing. So I don't know if it for sure affects him or doesn't affect him, but I imagine it has some effect.
0: Okay. Howard, what's your uh, grading of Raheem?
2: (laughs) It's not a D. How can you score 20 goals in a season and get a D? Or in two thirds of a season? Well, it's very hard because you've got obviously it's splitting it is so uh, it's tough it's like well if I sit down in an exam and get the first 20 questions right then get the next 10 completely wrong I'll probably get somewhere around a C and it has to be a C oh you're both C, being harsh I know I, I understand if you want to rip that sh- I've got to go C plus because the fall off has been so harsh in the last couple of months but it was probably overplay the year before yeah. that Okay. Oh there's uh, reasons. There's definitely reasons for, for the
1: for the dip in form. Um but I'm just not gonna excuse it's them. Big,
2: it's a big big dip. Uh, uh no no. I've put the two together and I've caught with a B minus. that it's just it's the strength of the, the fall off that's Yeah, yeah. No, no, that's got, that's it's it it's gone from an A an A plus to a B minus in two months. If you want to say that's too harsh, I fully understand.
0: You. I for me exactly feel the same way. A plus to B minus in the space of a couple of months, um, and yeah, good luck on Twitter, Aeson. So <laughs>
2: deactivate. I, this is the day, dasty way he makes his account private again. <laughs> Mares,
0: uh, Aeson,
2: or maybe maybe we all make our account private. Yeah, yeah, it that might well true. be
0: because yeah. Well, no, actually, I haven't got any more... Con- con- my most controversial one is Silver, and you two are fine with that, so I'm, I'm all good. So, uh, Mahrez, Asa. Hmm.
2: B. Okay. Yeah, B for me as well. It's been generally, it's his best spell. Mm. A. Still got improvements to make, consistency, but again, isn't always picked. Uh, but it's been... Pretty good a lot of the time. Scores heavy goals sometimes. He still
0: does things that annoys me. Um, And he has not been, you know, magnificent consistently, but I'm going to give him an A- minus because of where he's come from and to overcome that. And, to you know, when you think that last season, you know, he was getting booed off a pitch and he was considered to be an ill fit within uh, the structure of Pep Guardiola's side um, to, to produce as he has this season... And you get an A minus for me. Um, you know, I, I just love a turnaround, I love the, the guts shown. Um Okay, uh Jesus A. Hey,
1: yeah, that's another interesting This one. is the one I struggled um,
0: with the most, I have to say. So hmm. statistical well, Gabby, I, I would give I'm an g- A plus, can I, I just say that?
2: Yeah, I, I'm gonna let Howard go first. You have had a tough... This has been tough on you. You've had to go first every single time. Uh,
0: sorry, mate. I didn't think... I just thought it might be odd if I swapped and changed from player to player. But
2: yeah. Oh, I'm not... I'm not... <laughs> <laughs> I get to hear what he says and then just <laughs> quietly put in my... Uh, I'm, I'm going to give him a B. Yeah. Again, you just, you just can't get consistent. Well, you don't play every week, obviously. I think he's done all right. I think he's done all right, but again, he's not quite there. Not quite, not the, quite the goals. He has got his goals record. The stats are That's still what I mean. consistently. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Statistical
0: Gabby would be a plus, and and it would be from the moment that he's joined City. Frankly, you look at the stats;
2: it's and like he, wow. But you know, he, yeah. And he presses. He works hard. He's part. Yeah, you know, he's fixing the team. But again, we still just want a bit more from him, and he's just still quite hard to define. Okay, is that? Um.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna give him a B plus. Yeah, I think that's fair. Okay. Uh, and
0: last but by no means least, Sergio. Who wants to go first? A.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I
0: was gonna go A
2: minus, but why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I was actually good. Gonna- it does it. I was gonna go A plus. Even now we're we're underestimating Sergio Aguero now, as City fans in a way. Yeah. It's like he comes on the pitch and scores goals. <laughs> yeah. He goes off the pitch. It's <laughs> just you know, we're just it's gonna be so hard to replace him. So so hard. He's just a city yeah, obviously a city legend, a Premier League legend, an English football legend. And he's consistent. He can have a bad ninety minutes, but it'll be rare that it'll be a bad hundred. You'll rarely have two bad games on the row. Anyone can have a bad ninety minutes. He'll just keep scoring and keep scoring, and of course he's continues to adapt his game, you know, as Pep demanded there three years ago. So yeah, an A. Well, I've I've given no
0: one in this squad an A plus, but yeah, if I, if it if I would, it would be for uh, Sergio. I think um, he he certainly came the closest to perfection. Um, Right, lads, well that's the squad kind of wrapped up and kind of graded to the current day and then, of course, next week we've got West Ham on Wednesday uh, which Night 3.20 will be previewing uh, early next week. Um, we'll just end, well, you two have a choice here. Would you like to end on the question about the, um, the schedule and the rearrangement of the game or would you like to turn attentions to Arsenal and Newcastle? Uh, Ace and which of those gets your vote?
1: Are we not giving Guardiola a grade? Oh, okay. Oh, all right. That's a bit, okay. I think it's a bit harsh to grade the players like that and then not give Pepper a grade. fair enough. Go for it.
2: (laughs) 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 Yeah, go on, Acer. How can you go first, lad? (laughs) No, you suggested it. (laughs) Really? (laughs) I'm happy to discuss Arsenal. By the the way, uh, I'm I'm giving Pep D. I mean it.
0: I'm giving him a D, yeah. Uh, and, And I think that's been quite generous as well. I'm good mm. only based on this season and in comparison to previous seasons. That's, you know, that, that's the metric I use for well, all the players. So it's only fair to do the same for Pep.
2: i give him seat. Well, the, the season is four trophies. Hmm? The season is four trophies and we seem to be grading on one. Hmm. Do you see my yeah, point? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I mean, you can't really grade yeah. Pep Guardiola on a Carabao Cup. It's <laughs> just, you know... <laughs> Now, fourth, Well, I do all well, the FA Cup, I guess. So, well, I guess it has to be every game. It has
0: to be every every competition.
1: Yeah, yeah. I just think, in general, um, when you look at obviously, I think we've done we've gone through this exercise because we feel that we're underachieving, and so you're kind of looking at well, how has everybody done? You know, have they overachieved? Have they underachieved? How have they affected results positively or negatively? Um, and so I think that Pep should get a C because I think that, you know, it, he obviously is a genius. And the reason that we play the football that we do when we win as many games as we do is because of him. Um But at the same time, this season in particular, I felt that he has been culpable in some of the points that we've dropped in terms of his own decision making, whether that be in team selection, mm-hmm. in tactics, or in terms of just being reactive in terms of in-game management so for those three reasons i'd probably give him a c for now
2: okay how how did you grade him earlier uh b B B minus okay he is culpable but there are other factors for where for why we are where we are okay uh and we could go on for days about
0: Well, that. time is against us, gentlemen, so I'm afraid we have to drop the fixture in focus this week, which was going to be Arsenal, the Newcastle. Um, maybe a quick word on kind of Arteta there at Arsenal. How, how are you feeling about that ace and how do you think he's settled in there and what difference do you think he's making there to this point?
1: Can I be really annoying and actually talk about Steve Bruce? Of course you can. You go for it. Yeah, yeah. You, in you, fact, you, you scrapped the rest the of the notes. It. Yeah, yeah, absolutely you wrote in the notes that Bruce is doing outstanding work <laughs> at Newcastle, right? Yeah. And and you, you followed that up with punching above their weight uh-huh. and somehow winning despite only having one misfiring striker at his d- disposal. Yeah. Um, I definitely don't see Newcastle and Steve Bruce like that. Okay. Um, I think that, you know, for better or for worse, Benitez did a pretty good job there. Um, and Bruce isn't doing as good a job, in my opinion. Um, I think that unless I'm mistaken, their XG, they're overperforming their XG absurdly. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, which, is not sustainable for football teams xg is something that when it first came around i was a bit like really how how is this going to be relevant how are we going to be able to use this particular start and i've found in the last two seasons that teams who overperform xg for a period of the season can't sustain it for a whole season um and quite frankly i just don't get it as an appointment because it fe- it's a bit Moyes-esque. Oh, absolutely. In the that you on that. It's yeah. an appointment about survival. And I don't know, like, I, th- I think that's almost... I've never really analysed the Newcastle squad, so it's not like I can say that, you know, oh, they've got a mid-table squad or their squad is better than Wolves or whatever. But I, I definitely feel that Bruce, <clears throat> having them clear of the relegation zone is not something to be applauded.
0: Right. Okay. Well, I will kind of, yeah. you know, save you a bit of time, and, and you know, spoiler alert: the squad is absolutely rubbish. It's garbage. Mm. It's it's utter garbage. You go through that squad, and you pick out kind of two, maybe three players who other Premier League sides would be, you know, coveting. Um, You know, it, it's for dregs. So.
1: Well, the two long staff brothers get, are getting loads of hype. Um, the lad, the 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 guy that they bought from the MLS, I really like him. I think he's a top player. Um, his name Al Esca- I'll, I'll, Almeron, I'll and, and
0: yeah, you know, he's got a great kind of um, work rate. Um, but you know, his assists, his goals Was it one assist and one goal all season? Um, you know, so he's one of those players because he looks busy and he's a creative player. But, People put two. Okay, but together.
1: hold on. Okay, but but hold on. I remember at the start of the season, Bruce using him as a wing back—some madness like yeah. that. Um, And then not picking him for a minute as well. So uh, uh, also, LaSalle's is uh, pretty highly rated. Am I wrong? Yeah. Okay. So I I do think that although you can argue that their squad is poor, if we're going to begin to have discussions about making comparisons with Norwich, Sheffield United, even Brighton, Maybe Bournemouth as well. I think Newcastle maybe have got better players and a better squad, no?
0: Well, Sheffield United is you know an outlier due to kind of Chris Wilder and, and you know, the system working um, as much as the players. And the rest of him is a fair shout, but if you're a manager and you're out of work and all of those clubs you know come to you, who would you take on? I mean, personally, I'll go to Newcastle because of the size of the club, but then you've got Mike Ashley and then you've got that squad and... You know, the Norwich team, there's some good players in that team. Buendia, Buki, you know, there's some really good players there. You look at the Bournemouth team, some really good players there. Aki. Newcastle are a drab, mediocre squad of players who basically other clubs didn't want, so Newcastle were able to get them on the cheap. Um, You go through it. I mean, their best midfield is John Joe Shelby, for God's sake. Their strike, they've got Joe Linton, which, by, by the way, I, well, this is not on Bruce anyway, this is on Ashley in the club, but Joe Linton, has spent 40-plus million on him. He's He wasn't a front man as such in, in Bundesliga. He's he played, like, at wide, and he played with close support, and, and what they do now is they just put him up front, and, and he's completely isolated, and expect him to get 20 goals a season. He's not a 20 goals a season man, and everyone's kind of, you know, I've done it myself. I've called him a misfiring striker on the agenda. Completely unfair on the lad. He is not a target man, a twenty-goal-a-season player. Never has been. Beyond him, okay. who you got? Andy Carroll. who was on the bench. Mm. Dwight Gale, Muto. Who, anytime I've seen him, I just can't even remember if he exists. Frankly, um, yeah. You go through that squad. It's not great. You go through the defenders. It's you know. It's just muchness of the same. Um, and for Steve Bruce to get them into twelve, everyone beating in four games now. Um, he's got defenders scoring for fun i think he's doing a good job i've mocked him i have damned him um you know
1: so tight down there though six points yeah. six points That's separates true. him and 17th so yeah. you know I, I just don't think that uh, uh I, I think that in five or six weeks time we could be having a conversation about newcastle being relegated yeah. and so I, I don't i i guess that in a way that when i read the notes the thing that the reason it jumped out at me is cuz i feel that newcastle could still be relegated and so i'm just like i don't know if he's doing that good a job if i'm sat here feeling like they could still go down well we've got a minus 12 i goal. think he's
2: doing a really good job for the bang average manager that he is <laughs> no i go along with that i go so... and
1: the bang average squad
0: though so he's a bang average manager bang average squad and he is got i mean he's got we've got a minus 12 goal difference and yet they're they're somehow in mid table uh, st- yeah, Lab, this is not sustainable. Like, no, you should listen I'm listen to the statistics, completely right? Accept it. He- completely accept that. I'm just saying, to this point, he deserves some rare praise. They've got the same amount of points as Arsenal.
1: Can you give, I'll tell you what, I'll give Bruce some praise if you give me one minute on why Brendan Rodgers deserves. A ridiculous amount of praise. Oh man! So give that's me one minute different. on Rodgers, no, no, that's fine. and then I'll give you your Bruce. Oh,
0: i I'm a changed, man. I've seen the light. I, I now really, yeah. I, sure. I write about Leicester now for Forbes, don't I? And and so I have to write you know, positively about Brendan Rodgers. It's I'm a I'm a convert, a complete convert. Brendan is a messiah, and um, I think he's an extraordinarily gifted coach. And generally, you know, I'm, Howard, is he mocking no, me? No, no. The, the, the Messiah uh-huh. bit was a joke, obvious. but no, I've, I've completely <laughs> come around on Rogers, and he's a change man anyway. He's nowhere near as annoying as he was when uh, he was at Liverpool. Um, he's getting questions put to him now about Leicester, where you think, "Oh God, don't, don't answer in in Rogers' mode." And he's not. He's actually not. He's become quite a acceptable figure, really. Um, and I've, I have always rated him as a coach, obviously. So yeah, I'm a change man.
1: He's I'm no I'm not. Always, rated, always rated him as a but always loved him it's as a coach
0: 2020 mate it's, it's a new world
1: <laughs> oh excellent nice hey Arteta
2: I'm sure he'll do fine there that's about all I'm going to yeah. say Arteta's taken on quite an impossible job I think yeah so. yeah and I don't... Whatever happens, I don't think it will ruin his reputation. So... I think
1: he'll, he'll get more fine. leeway... That Sorry, Howard. I think he'll get more leeway than Solskjaer has and I think he'll end up yeah. doing better than Solskjaer has. And I think that, in general, as a coach, I don't know if he's Pep. I don't know if he's world-class. But I think that he is a... I imagine, from everything that everybody's said and the way that his Arsenal career has started, the players respect him and he's good enough to be
2: a Premier League coach. I, yeah, and I've seen from some of the, the football scene, I can see what he's trying to do. Totally. He hasn't got the players to do it. He probably has got, he's got as always with Arsenal, they're quite top-heavy. The, the talent lies at the top of the pitch, and I think a few of them are quite unsettled. Uh, Aubameyang, well, is getting on a bit as well, uh, won't want to stay there if when they're not in the Champions League next year. <clears throat> so he's going to have a big, big, big summer ahead of him, and I'm not sure what budget he'll get to. To change things around, so it's the Arsenal fans are going to have to be very patient. Mm. But I think they will if they see signs that he's he's trying to do the right thing and he's got a bit of nous about him. I think it's a
0: fair show. I think his work with Pepe is going to be uh, key as well. And um, we all know how much influence uh, Arteta had on on Sane and, and Sterling and how much he improved them both. Um, because Pepe is a hugely important figure for Arsenal. I mean, Aubameyang has scored forty eight percent of Arsenal's league goals this season. And um, they're so reliant on him. Um, and Pepe is, is potentially a really, really good signing for them. You know, someone who could really kind of give him a good deal up front. So um, I think if he improves Pepe, then that in itself will improve Arsenal. Um, but you're right, I, would, I, I think this summer is where it comes down to. I think if he gets a signing that he wants to bring in, and if he goes into next season happy with his squad, um, I think Arteta is going to be just fine there at the Emirates. Right, time to wrap it up, guys, and um look forward to further pods uh, next week, particularly kind of previewing the West Ham game and reactions to that game. Um in the meantime, happy Valentine's Day and love to you all. And thank you very much, ASAN.
1: Absolute pleasure. Um are we are we really done though? Is there can I can I bring can I add something to the can. agenda? Of course you can. Um just because I think it's an interesting uh question and i've seen it do the rounds on twitter a lot this week. Um Bernardo Silva made some comments about city giving up oh, yeah, yeah. too early yeah. on uh, on the the title race. Um uh, do we feel like that? Are we agreed that the players gave up too soon? Um or do you think it's kind of one of those comments that players make that it's that, that he's not saying they definitely gave up that maybe it's a rhetorical question of maybe we gave up too early. Did you get the sense, Steve, that they just gave up too quickly? I
0: did. I I, I have had that sense. Uh, I've been very forgiving about it because, uh, you know, I've said this a couple of times before uh, on the pod that, you know, I don't think it's possible to have that kind of intense motivation to achieve greatness over a three-year period. I think we've seen a drop-off in that, and I think that's perfectly understandable. Um, But that can be construed as giving up, if you like. I think that's a negative way of, of looking at it from below, but you know, it can be perceived that way. Um, so, yeah, I, I do think we have been somewhat meeker than we have in the past this season, in in terms of mentality, but I would say I think that's understandable.
2: Howard? Yeah, uh, perfectly understandable. He didn't tell me anything I didn't already know, really. Uh, I say giving up is probably not the, yeah. uh, the yeah. right way to phrase it it's just it was how it was how pretty much any football team would react if you're about twelve, then fifteen points behind. I don't know what point he's talking about, but when you're twelve fifteen points behind a side that's dropped points in one game that season, that is what will happen, just after two league wins to try and get the intensity to knowing that if you win every game that season, it will almost certainly not matter in the slightest. It is pretty much impossible. To maintain the intensity you did in the previous two seasons, so I, uh, yeah, I don't mind him being honest, honest and saying that, but it's pretty much what we all know happened anyway. So the the key is they come back next season, absolutely motivated to the hilt to, yeah, to, to get that league. And this football. this year mm-hmm. in the Champions
0: League, it's still all to play for, and of course with FA Cup. Uh, so, yeah. Hey, Sam, do you... Go along with that one. I was
1: just gonna say yeah I just I don't I think that um I don't think that that I don't think the players gave up I don't think that that's I don't think that you you become high- level athletes competitors win everything that they've won and then have the type of mentality that you wake up one day and go yeah don't feel this anymore I think that um more than anything the problem was that when heads dropped, there wasn't a talisman-like figure doing talismanic things, dragging the team over the line. So there's games we've dropped points in where we simply should have scored more goals and we simply didn't. And those those fine lines are the lines that end up with you being 20, 22 points behind or whatever we are. Um, but I think that that's not really about the players giving up as such. It's just about the perfect storm of losing Vinny, losing Furness presence in the center of midfield. Um, finding that a player in Sterling who was so talismanic for two seasons suddenly has a, a big crash in his form where he's not dragging you over the line. Um, it's just, yeah, I mean, it, it's a perfect storm. And I actually think that Bernardo, by saying maybe we gave up too early, is being a bit hard on himself and on the players.
0: Fair enough. No, it's a fair, fair shout that. It's. I think it all comes down to perception. and um, There's certain things we mm. can't deny. Um but you know, as regards to kind of how that has come about in terms of mentality that it's facilitated that, then yeah, it, it comes down to perception ultimately, and and there are no rights or wrongs, and and we have to factor into. Do you know, do you know if he said that in his first language or was it in English? The interview. I don't know to be honest with you. Know, I, it literally,
1: I, I suspect that it's. Uh, I suspect that he's done it overseas because it's dropped while he's yeah, on holiday. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's a bit like the Guardiola quote. This week that I've seen that he will be sacked if he doesn't yeah. beat Real Madrid. Or he could be sacked if he if he doesn't beat Real Madrid. I don't know where he's given that interview.
0: Yeah. But well, so, some yeah. bloke in the pub last night was convinced that, you know, he's like, oh, I've heard he's getting sacked. It's like, what? <laughs> but yeah, it shows how people just kind of swallow those things all, don't they? And Never mind. So... We'll move on now uh, to the weekend. Have a nice weekend, everyone. And have a nice Valentine's Day. And uh, romance abounds. Thank you very much, Asan.
2: Absolute (laughs) pleasure. I loved it. That was cracking. Thank you, Howard. Uh, pleasure as always look forward to the feedback on this one (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) yeah i'm just so uh, if anyone's in any doubt i'm not on twitter so you know if if you if you don't follow me not that you would follow me because i'm not on twitter but you know there's no point looking for me i'm not on there so that's all good (laughs) so thank you everyone thanks for listening as always uh god bless take care and up the blues
2: up the blues It's my line that is